everyone, this is Saya. Hi, this is Laika. And this is First Impressions. Today we'll be giving you our impressions of the first four episodes of Manhole, uh, which is a new drama starring Jae Jung and Yui about a loser who goes back <laughs> in time <laughs> to fix his relationship with his best friend, who's also the girl of his dreams, who he has somehow never been able to confess his feelings to. Okay, this sounds kind of like Operation Proposal, which I haven't seen, but I've heard about. It's exactly like, I've watched both versions, the Japanese version and the Korean version. I don't know why I tortured myself that way, but yeah, it's basically the same. It worries me that we're being set up potentially for a thing that won't end well. <laughs> I haven't seen Chejung in anything before. So this is my first Chejung drama. And I've seen Yui in Marriage Contract as the only full drama I've seen her in. And I like her. I like her a lot. She hasn't had that much to do yet, but I, I, I like how it's shaping up. But like that magic fizz that you need to be a rom-com heroine, I'm not sure that's there yet. I've seen her in, I mean, obviously, like she had a small role in You're Beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then the first time I really fell in love with her acting and her as an actress was in Ojakio Brothers, which mm -hmm. was like this super long family drama. But it's really, really good. Um, and she plays the heroine in that. And she's amazing. Like she starts out as this really spoiled rich girl. And then she has this like really amazing transformation over the course of the drama. And like she was so good. And then like, as you know, she was so good in Marriage Contract too. But I agree with you. She doesn't really have much to do in this. She's very bland. On the other hand, Jae Jung, hilarious. I really like him. He's very energetic. Like the whole show is riding on his energy and he's full of it. And he kind of reminds me a lot of, you know, Park Young-shik uh, when he does those really crazy mad cap. Actually, anything that Park Young-shik spit, like uh, Hwarang and Strong Woman Do Wong Soon. Like, I feel like Jae Jung has the same kind of screen presence yeah. as Park Young-shik has. Uh, he's completely hapless, but he's also kind of, you know, hopelessly endearing. I, I mean, I agree with you that he has a similar energy, and like, I love Jae Jung. I first saw him in Protect the Boss. He was really good in that. And but like, I just wish that he wasn't such a pathetic loser. loser. <laughs> yeah, and he's also like, especially in the first episode, he's kind of a terrible person. Like, he just goes around ruining everything, and like, I don't know, I. <laughs> It took me a while to warm up to him. I warmed up to him by, like, the third episode, but it was... The beginning was kind of like, uh, why is the universe giving you another chance to speak the words that you wanted to speak for, like, 20 years? I don't know. Oh, no. I found him really endearing right from the beginning. Like, he's so hopeless that you can't help but kind of... Like, like a puppy, you know? You're like, oh, I can see you're trying and you're failing. I can't hate you, so I'm just gonna sort of, in, you know, love you from afar because there's no other way to deal with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't hate him either because Jung, but like, yeah, and he's he's a hot mess. But it it took me some time to like be on his side and actually want things to work out for him. But then by that time, I was like, Jin Suk is a better match for you. Why don't you just like <laughs> like the second lead girl? I really like her. I kind of want to see them together. I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, I love Jung Hee Sung. Jung Hee Sung to this show is what Kim Ji Won is to Fight My Way. She's like this no-nonsense, completely with it, knows everything that's going on, and she's not needy, and she's just so her own person that you yeah. can watch a whole show that is only her, and be like, you know what, this is the greatest show ever. Yeah, and she's the only one in this group of friends that like actually has her life together. The rest yeah. of them are kind of struggling. In any time period, like whichever, yeah. whether it's in high school or whether it's as 28-year-olds in any incarnation. 
the only yeah. person who's making life actually work. Oh my god, this whole crew. <laughs> the show has this kind of small town feel because of the, um, you know, there's this group of friends and they've all grown up like inside each other's pockets and so that small time vibe. It gives like a, a sense of warmth, but they are all hopeless apart from her. Yeah, and, and like the way they are all kind of interfere in each other's lives, it would only work in that kind of setting where like all their parents know, you know, each other and like their, their parents are all kind of looking out for each other's kids and they've been, in, like you said, in each other's pockets since they were born. Like it works in that situation where otherwise you'd be like, you people are really overstepping your boundaries, <laughs> but it works. And the uh, other sort of the fourth person in in that main cast is Paro. He's just he's like he's the he's a secret backstabber frenemy. To, like he's Chejing doesn't even know that he's his arch enemy. He just thinks he's his friend, but he's secretly the enemy. And he's always I doing find these that things. Dynamics so hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it actually scares me a little bit as well because I can see the potential for that to go angsty in a bad angst kind of way further down the line. Like he's the kind of Paro is the kind of character where he is he seems harmless now, but like you know, ten years down the line, he's going to be a serial killer, you know. But then maybe I've been watching too many of the other types of shows. Perhaps, but you know, <laughs> I like that there's that dangerous element to it because there's not really a lot of conflict in this show. That's true. And the hilarious antics are really enjoyable to watch, but you need some kind of something to push things along. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's just going to be like Jejun running around like a headless chicken for 16 episodes, which is fun to watch. But at, at some point, you're going to be like, why aren't these two just together? Like, what is keeping them apart? You I know? actually think that this end of episode four is a really good place for the whole show to end. Like, I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready for the show to just be like, you know what, that was all. And now I'm thinking, what else is, like, you know, as we go forward, what else is there to... I mean, of course, you can keep on cycling the conflicts, so I worry that we'll just keep on cycling the conflicts. Because I'm thinking, what is there that's new to add to this? Haven't we just sort of done everything that there is to do? And now can we just have yeah. a happy ever after? Oh, Especially since... Sorry, go okay, ahead. I was just going to say, there's one other thing I wanted to say about Haro. Um, have you watched Veronica Mars? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to throw this reference out here for anyone who has. Um, so the Paro character really strongly reminds me of season two Veronica Mars and Beaver slash Cassidy. And we all know how that ended if we watched it. Well, I don't get that reference, but I know there's like a huge fan base for that show. So yeah, Festa Festa will I'm sure get they'll it. appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> and then she'll um, cry. Oh. <laughs> okay, so like the actual manhole, it's like this swooshy big water ride. It's like the show just really embracing the campy side of things. Like <laughs> it's just not trying to be serious in any way, which I can appreciate. So what you were saying before about how, like where you think the show is going to go, mm -hmm. that's, I was also feeling that at the end of episode four, because as we find out, like, every time he goes back in time, everything gets reset, right? Mm. So then, like, how are there stakes? I just don't... I mean, I get that there are some stakes, but I think it would be a more fun show to watch if, like, he couldn't go back to the same place as, you know, he goes back a little later, but then, like, he still has to deal with that, you know, the consequences of the earlier change that he made. That would actually make it way more interesting, in my opinion. I actually really like the reset aspect because for that exact reason because it lowers the stakes otherwise you know the stakes get so high and you start getting kind of like you know palpitations because things aren't 
are getting more and more messed up. Whereas I think the whole feel of the show is meant to be a bit low stake. And the reset sort of brings it back to that level of quite sedate sort of hijinks. It's, it's not meant to be a big melodrama. It's just a... Yeah, it's pretty low key. Yeah, no, I agree. It does definitely has that kind of tone that it's it's like a slice of life but on steroids kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. if that makes any sense. <laughs> With a random sort of time slip thing thrown in. Right. I mean, I, but I not kind of, in any kind of realistic way. Right, but it also it matches it up with the sort of the fairy tale Cinderella thing with his whole you know twelve o'clock midnight or midday. Uh, Whichever way it is, his time is up at 12 o'clock, whether it's you know, going true. into the manhole or being spat out of it back into 2017. But like his complete, his and uh, Yui's complete inability to to just spit it out. Um, in the beginning, I found that really entertaining. I think towards the end of episode four, um, if they hadn't sort of ground it into the emotions of the scene, I would have been like, why aren't you just spitting it out? just spit it out no i mean that was my main frustration with operation proposal as well is that they just wouldn't talk you know like it's like one of those situations where one one conversation could solve this problem and it's just but it's just dragged on so i hope they don't i hope they give us something a little bit more you know interesting in this drama or at least funny if not you know I think anything new bringing the funny like uh, yeah. in, in um episode four the secret garden parody i died it was just <laughs> it was hilarious so uh, it was a bit where they were around the campfire and Talsuoppa, i think he was like strumming his guitar and he was singing oh that that's song, right that you know that's the, right that, that woman yeah, yeah oh yeah that oh, man that the male woman. version that, that was pretty great <laughs> and then you have the other two idiots in the background like reenacting the scene and you're just like this is so great and then you realize because that time slip was in 2011 and what year did a uh, secret garden come out from it? 2010 but yeah, because it was uh, like it was deliberately meant to be current to that time, so it was a reference that pretty much anyone in Korea was probably meant to get. And you know, when as a non-Korean you get it, you're like, ha ha, that was so good. <laughs> it was very, it was well done. Was there's natural. a lot of little moments like that. Uh, it wasn't self-satisfied with it, you know, having managed to play that little reference. It was just, you know, this is it was it was very organic. All right, well, hopefully we'll get more moments like that and more hijinks. But as I say, I'm ready for the uh, show to be over. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> <laughs>